0: Hi there. Welcome to Lakeridge Community Church Podcast. And this is a place where we get to share uh, some of our messages from Sunday mornings. Um, we're glad that you're here to listen. We'd also love to have you in person. So if you'd like to uh, pop in some Sunday, we meet at 1030 at Our Lady of Wisdom School here in Chester. And uh, you can obviously check us out as well at uh, www.chester.com. Well, friends, good morning once again to our service. Uh, we are continuing our—we are continuing the second of our sermon series, one-on-one, uh, on One, where we are exploring the relationship, this one-on-one dynamic relationship that we have with God. We're doing that this morning by talking a great deal about the ways that Jesus had one-on-one connections with people that He met. Uh, Pastor Evans spoke last week about how Jesus met a woman at the well who could barely believe that God would have time for her. And yet Jesus comes into her story and reminds her what this relationship with God is like. And we can pay attention to all the ways that God then begins to meet us in a one-on-one relationship, that we can have a life of prayer and listening and reflection and responsive conversation with God who loves us. And then, this whole series leads us into this big question. What does it look like for us to have meaningful, Jesus-like, one-on-one relationships and connections with those around us? To go deeper in our conversations, to go deeper in our care and attentiveness to the work of God in each other's lives. Are we forever stuck in small talk limbo? Or can we have deeper conversations uh, about the things that really matter to us? Hey, The story that we're going to be taking a look at today is uh, the story of Peter denying Jesus. Now, this might seem like an odd one-on-one interaction. It's a story of separation, actually. It's a story of Peter no longer being close to Jesus. And in his fear and anxiety and loneliness, in this moment of pressure, he says, I don't know Jesus. <laughs> We're going to take a look at that and see how Jesus responds to Peter, what Jesus does in Peter's life and what Jesus was doing for Peter right in the moments when he was at his depth of denial There's a lot going on in this story. And so we're going to actually read this story together uh, from two different uh, Gospels. We're going to take a look at the way that Luke tells this story. And then we're going to take a look at the way that John tells this story. And we're going to weave them together. And uh, I think it will reveal something very powerful about what Jesus says about his friends and the relationships that he wants to have with them. So let's explore this together this morning. So we're going to take a look at Luke uh, 22... 31. Uh, This is where Jesus uh, says to Peter that you are going to deny me. And listen to how this goes. So Simon, Simon, this is is another name for Peter. Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat. But I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you've repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers. Well, Peter said, Lord, I'm ready to go to I'm ready to go to prison with you and even die with you. But Jesus says, Peter, let me tell you something. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny me three times that you even know me. What a fascinating moment around a table that Jesus says to Peter, you are going to deny me. Peter, of course, denies it. You see, Peter has a meaningful relationship with Jesus. Peter has walked on water at Jesus' invitation. He has, he has seen angelic visions. Uh, he has experienced the, the power and majesty of Jesus. He sat through every one of Jesus' sermons. Peter has resolved in his heart that no matter what happens to Jesus, Peter's going to be right beside him. I love Peter's gumption in this. But it's predicated on this one thing. It's that he's close to Jesus. Every single moment that Peter has seen something happen with Jesus, he's been physically close. He has seen Jesus with his eyes do these things, and his faith was based on what he could see, not on what he couldn't see. And so, of course, he's saying, whatever happens to you, Jesus, I'm going to be with you. Peter or, And Jesus knows better. Jesus says, you are going to deny me. But he even sets, sets him up for redemption. He says, I pleaded in prayer that your faith should not fail, so that when you repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers. So he's already saying, I've been praying for you, but I know that you're going to fail. I know it. Jesus, is, Jesus is, isn't, isn't in the dark on this one. Peter is going to fail. But he's praying that when he repents, when he's made right again, uh, which is going to happen after, that he would be the one then to encourage his brothers What an interesting twist. Anyway, we're going to see how this unfolds. There's a lot going on. So the story continues on. So they arrested him, and this is Jesus, and led him to the high priest's home. And Peter followed at a distance. The guards lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat around it. And Peter joined them there. A servant girl noticed him in the firelight and began staring at him. Finally, she said, this man was one of Jesus' followers. But Peter denied it. Woman, he said, I don't even know him. After a while, someone else looked at him and said, You must be one of them. No, I'm not, Peter retorted. But an hour later, someone else insisted, This must be one of them because he's a Galilean too. But Peter said, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. And immediately while he was speaking, the rooster crowed. At that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And suddenly the Lord's words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. And Peter left the courtyard weeping bitterly. The guards in charge of Jesus began mocking and beating him. They blindfolded him and said, prophesy, who hit you this time? And they hurled all sorts of terrible insults at him. What a remarkable story. Here's Peter. He denies Jesus and then like, talk about a knife to the heart. He makes eye contact with Jesus. He's close enough to where this is happening that Jesus and Peter can make eye contact. They can see each other. And it's likely that Jesus even heard his own friend Peter deny him. Who just hours before was saying, I'm going to go to the wall for you. And he looks him in the eye. Man, I just... Like, can you imagine that? I, like, I would be gutted for the rest of my life. I'd be gutted to know that I denied not only my friend, but the one that I say is God himself, the Messiah, the King of kings, Lord of lords, all this stuff Peter has said. And then he says, I don't know this man. And Jesus looks at him. Another version of this story happens in John 18. Just to round out some of the way that this story goes, John 18, 12, listen to the way John tells this same moment. Because John was close to the action too. So the soldiers, their commanding officer and the temple guards arrested Jesus and tied him up. First they took him to, uh, to Anas, the father-in-law of Caiaphas. This is going to be important. We are going to come back. John gives some really good details as to what's going on here. So first they take him to Anas, the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest at that time. Caiaphas was the one who had told the other Jewish leaders, it's better for one man to die... It's better that one man should die for the people. So Simon Peter Simon Peter followed Jesus, as did another of the disciples. The other disciple was acquainted with the high priest, so he allowed so he was allowed to enter the high priest's courtyard with Jesus. Well Peter had to stay outside the gate. Then the, the disciple who knew the high priest spoke to the woman watching the gate and she let Peter in. The woman asked Peter, Oh you're not one that's you, uh, you're not one of that man's disciples, are you? No, he said, I'm not. Because it was cold, the household servants and the guards had made a charcoal fire. They stood around it, warming themselves, and Peter stood with them, warming himself. Inside, the high priest began asking Jesus about the followers and what he had been teaching them. Jesus replied, Everyone knows what I've teached. I have preached regularly in the synagogues and the temple where the people gather. I have not spoken in secret. Why are you asking me this question? Ask those who heard me. They know what I said. Then one of the temple guards standing nearby slapped Jesus across the face. Is that how you should answer the high priest, he demanded? And Jesus replied, if I said anything wrong, you must prove it. But if I'm speaking the truth, why are you beating me? Then an ass bound Jesus and sent him to Caiaphas the high priest. Meanwhile, Simon Peter was standing by the fire warming himself and they asked him again, are you not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it again, no I'm not. But one of the household slaves of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, didn't I see you out there in the olive grove with Jesus? Again, Peter denied it and immediately a rooster crowed. Picture this here is Peter again, not far off, standing around a fire, warming himself with this with this uh, with these people who've kind of gathered around. Jesus is in this space he's being questioned, he's being slapped around, he's bleeding, and he's denying that he knows Jesus, he's afraid, but this is interesting. The conversation that Jesus is having is Jesus is standing in the gap. Jesus is being asked, You have followers, don't you? Jesus could have pointed and said, Yeah, there's one of them. He said that he's going to die for me. Bring Peter in. No, no. He doesn't throw his followers under the bus. He's bleeding and getting beat up, and Peter isn't. He's being falsely accused, and Peter is not. He's about to go and be crucified for Peter. Here in this moment, Peter is feeling alone. He's afraid. Jesus is on the court bench and he is on the sidelines and he is terrorized with fear. He doesn't know what is going to happen and suddenly his faith and his courage withers and he gets to the point where he says, I don't even know him. But all the while, listen to what Jesus is doing. Jesus is standing in the gap for Peter. Jesus is covering For Peter, even while he can hear Peter's denial, Jesus is standing in for whatever should also be coming towards Peter. This is what Jesus does with his friends, even friends who deny him. He stands in the gap, and that gap is even going to stand between life and death for Peter, and for you, and for me. There's this piece of art by Oleg Shirkus. It's an icon of St. Peter. Look at this picture. I think it's beautiful. There is Peter sitting beside a fire, a little charcoal fire. The light of his life, Jesus, is away. Gone, being being persecuted over in another space. And here in the midst of it all, he's sitting by this little other fire, this Little charcoal fire that's supposed to be giving him warmth and heat, and it is just not the same. And around it, he's denying Jesus. Around this other fire, around this other heat source, he is denying his friend, who is the light of the world. And he's sitting there, and in this picture, he's alone and afraid, and he's in this fetal position. And what's up in the corner? It's, it's the, it's this accuser. Uh, it's this, it's this uh, rooster who's crowing mockingly almost pointing out his failure as a friend he is truly alone he feels alone and here he sits i think it's a beautiful icon and in it we can see perhaps ourselves while peter is alone and feels alone and feels like he does not no longer have a one-on-one relationship jesus is doing something for peter Jesus is no less active in not only doing something for Peter, but he is making a way so that Peter can continue to have a one-on-one relationship with him. Through the death and resurrection of Jesus, Peter will be able to be friends with Jesus forever. What a beautiful picture of what Jesus does when we feel alone. When we are by a fire and we just do not know where Jesus is found. When we are in a pandemic and we do not know where Jesus is found, guess where Jesus is? He is standing between us and the thing that's trying to hurt us, and he is making a way for us to continue to have a relationship with him. Even if the words out of our mouth are ones of denial, ones of fear, ones of anxiety, whatever we are speaking, even if it's false and it's lies, Jesus is making a way. This is good news for us. The story of the denial of Peter is a story of Jesus' faithfulness to us in our denial. In the 1970s, when they were digging up part of Jerusalem in the Jewish quarter, what did they find? They found this beautiful palace. You see, what happened was uh, in about 70 AD, uh, historians say that the Romans came in and they were so fed up with the leaders of Jerusalem that they demolished the place. They burnt the place. And Josephus, a historian, he wrote and he said that that Annas, uh, the person in this story, that that person's house was burnt too in this moment. And that this high priest's home was burnt and destroyed. Well, these archaeologists in the 70s, they found this place. And they found that it was, in fact, a home of a high priest. Scientists are starting to put the pieces together. And they believe that this could be the very place where Peter denied Jesus. There's one part of this home, you can see in the picture here, there's one part of this home where uh, it is like a courtyard, or, or an outside courtyard and an inner kind of gathering place. You can almost picture uh, a reception hall for the wealthy Sadducee elite of the temple culture. And in this place, the Bible says it is here that Jesus was put on trial at Annas' house before he was moved to Caiaphas's, and then off to a bunch of other people. He was ferried around all throughout the night. But here in this, one of these first places, there's a courtyard just outside. It's a place that's outside uh, under the stars. And you could imagine that this is a place where people would gather. Well, I went and I stood here. And I stood here and there's a place you can stand where you're in the courtyard and you're looking through a door. There's a picture, this isn't my picture, it's another one I found, but you're looking through the door and you can see right in to this reception hall. This place where they believe Jesus was held on trial. And as I stood there, I stood there on Peter's side and I looked in and I could just imagine. I could imagine Jesus being in there, on trial, being falsely accused, and looking out at his friend Peter who's just denied him, hearing, overhearing him deny. And seeing him and knowing what he is doing on this night is for Peter. So that in this moment of him being separate from his friend, Jesus is doing something so they can be together. So their relationship can be mended and be made whole. It was very moving. How have you ever felt alone? Have you ever felt like Jesus is a long ways off? That your one on one relationship with God, wherever God is, is somehow not real or true, or maybe He isn't even listening to you when you pray, let alone you hearing Him? Maybe you've been there before. Maybe you're there now. Maybe you're like Peter, where if someone said to you today, Do you know this Jesus guy? You'd say, I don't know him. I'm afraid. How does God meet us in our aloneness? The story of Peter denying Jesus around one fire uh, uh, is deeply changed uh, around another fire. After Jesus dies and is resurrected, he shows up several different times to his followers, but one key meeting happens. And it's Peter, uh, they are out fishing, and Jesus is on the shore, and he had a charcoal fire. And he calls his disciples and Peter is one of the ones to jump in first and run towards his friend. And there's Jesus with his charcoal fire. I think Jesus knows what he's doing here. He has a charcoal fire and on it he has some fish and he's cooking him breakfast. And he says to his friend Peter, he says, do you love me? Three times. Peter denied him three times and Jesus says three times, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Because I heard three times you deny me. And I'm going to give you three times to, to repeal those. And every time he says, I love you, I love you, I love you. And so Jesus says, now go and feed my sheep. Go and turn around. The same grace I gave you when you denied me, I have made a way for me to be in relationship with you around this fire. And I have redeemed our relationship. Our one-on-one is together again. Now go, Peter, and go and make one-on-one relationships happen with others. Find the lost sheep. Find those who are away and help them have a one-on-one relationship with me too. And he does. He's given his purpose and his calling and he does. He's made right with Jesus. And he's made right with others. Do you want a one-on-one relationship with Jesus? Well, I think Jesus at any time is working behind the scenes to make it so. It's who Jesus is. It's what he is doing. And while you might think that Jesus is far away, that he isn't paying attention to what you're going through in this pandemic, in this job loss, in this relationship breakdown, whatever it is, I think Jesus is just in the other room now making a way for you and for me to have a relationship with him and to mend relationships beyond. Jesus I'm going to end with this full of scripture this morning and it's with this it's a it's the way that Jesus talks about his friends Jesus loves being your friend that's the that's the premise of the one-on-one relationship is his friendship with you he calls his followers his friends it says this in John 15. This is my commandment, love each other in the same way I have loved you. There's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Uh, Now you are my friends since I've told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command, love each other. Friends, Jesus has made a way for you to be a friend. There's a spiritual discipline called spiritual friendship where we actually uh, view ourselves as both a friend to Jesus, but then we turn around and we foster beautiful friendships with other people too. We can do this because Jesus has chosen us to be his friend. And we now have a way of saying, that's what a friendship looks like. Now I can foster that friendship between me and other people too. I believe that it's in the friendships we have around us, in these meaningful friendships that we foster and care for, that we go deeper and deeper into, that we sacrifice for, that we give towards. I believe that's in those friendships that we begin to taste what it is to have, again, a one-on-one relationship with Jesus. Jesus was always tying for Peter, his friendship with Peter, to the fact that Peter is now invited to go and forge relationships with others. So my friends, Jesus did not leave Peter alone. He was in another room for a time, but he was making a way for Peter believe that's what Jesus is doing in us even now. No matter what our trials or tribulations, no matter what our pains or our fears, Jesus is at work making a way for us to have a relationship with him. To have a meaningful one-on-one relationship with him. In fact, today, he might be making a way for you to have a relationship with him, even if you are unaware or even if you are denying Jesus in your pain or your fear is near. He sees you and he is covering for you. He's got your back. And that's the good news of Jesus. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his peace. He is with you.